Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast, where we protect the innocent, serve the public trust, and uphold the law. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Dead or alive, you're coming with us. We're talking RoboCop. How are you doing, Ben? I am doing well. You just heard me doing a little little mouth version of one of the most amazing film themes of all time. Really, the most amazing of all time, huh? Like, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's it, it's very fitting. But one of I I think I would probably easily put it in my top five. Oh wow. Yeah, like up there, I mean, Superman, Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars, Batman. I was going to say, anything not by John Williams? <laughs> you vicarious egomaniac. Yeah, it is totally a coincidence, but I think most people, even not named John Williams, would agree that he is the greatest or one of the greatest. Yeah, the man knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's definitely more versatile than than your Tim Burton's. And Danny Elfman's no slouch either. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Who did the RoboCop theme? Basil Polidurus, a Greek-American film composer known for his musical scores in RoboCop, RoboCop 3, Conan the Barbarian, and Starship Troopers. Oh, Conan the Barbarian's got a solid soundtrack, too. Yeah, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's it's like when you meet a girl drunk in the bar, you're drunk, not her. I mean, maybe you both are. And then the next morning, you don't remember what she looked like, but you remember that you liked the way she looked. Yeah, yeah. You look in your your phone and you've got like cute barbarian written in there. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Clearly, we are speaking about part man, part machine, all all cop. cop. (laughs) Um, Robocop. From what it sounds like, we are going to cover mostly just the first movie. Yeah, mostly because I haven't seen a lot of the other stuff in a while. And, uh, in looking this up, like, I was like, hey, let's do Robocop. That'll be an easy one. We can watch the movie and chat about it. And then, like, I Googled it and I was like, holy shit, there's like two cartoons and two TV shows and two sequels. Yeah. Yeah. And a reboot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a much more extensive catalog than I was planning on. Yeah. I figured it'd be easy to brush up on real quick, but nope. So uh, I've got vague memories of the sequel movies and uh, never saw any of the TV shows. Yeah. Did you ever see, because we, we spoke about it and you said you haven't seen RoboCop 2 in a long time, but have you ever seen RoboCop 3? I think so. It was rated PG-13. It wasn't Peter Weller in the role. Oh, God. And there was a robot ninja, and RoboCop gets a jetpack. Holy shit, that really jumped the shark there, didn't it? Yeah, spoiler alert, Lewis dies. But Nancy, is it Nancy Allen? I think that's uh, I think that's who played Lewis. Um, she was in both sequels. She lasted through it. She lasted longer than Peter Weller did, just slightly. Clog damn. Yeah, no, um, in, now that you've said all that, I'm not sure I have seen it. That sounds uh, it sounds like something I should remember. Yeah, there's a little girl that, that reprograms an ED-209 because she's a hacker. Oh, yeah, why not? Robot ninjas and a jetpack, huh? Yeah. I gotta go watch it now. I mean, I guess the, it's just like a robot martial artist that flips around and knows ninja moves and uses a, a sword. When I was looking up RoboCop, because I watched RoboCop today to kind of brush up on it. Yeah. It's been a while. I was, you know, looking for it on Prime, and uh, 
saw they had like a, a bunch of RoboCop TV shows on there. Uh, one of which was the RoboCop. Uh, what was it? The Prime Directive. Yeah, Prime TV Directive. Series? Yeah. Where it looked like each episode was like ninety minutes long. It's like each episode was like a small movie. Yeah, I did a, a deep dive on it. Uh, I don't know, a few years back. I didn't watch them all, but I, I just sort of, I was curious by it. So I was um, just looking into it information wise. And it seemed like it, even though it was a series, they wanted them to sort of stand out as like TV movies. And I've seen them put out on DVD. I remember they were in like a Walmart bargain bin once. And they did have ongoing stories about like a good friend of his. And I think he got turned into an evil RoboCop at one point or something. One of the synopses said uh, RoboCop and like Robo. Robo Chase or something? Robo something else? Like there was a second yeah. Robo character? Robo Burglar. Robo Criminal. <laughs> yeah, Ro- RoboCop and Robo Robber. Yes. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, I didn't even know it existed until today. So I don't have much to say. Was it any good? No. I think I only ever saw one episode of it. I mean, the suit was was the same for all intents and purposes, but it's not Peter Weller. It's different. And it seems like throughout the sequel movies and the TV shows and the cartoons, the longer it went on, the more watered down and the more like family friendly they tried to make it, you know, with like with cartoons, you, yeah, you imagine that's kind of the for sure the premise there. I would imagine that Paul Verhoeven didn't have much involvement with any of the other ones. So, um, and I think he's a large part of why the original RoboCop was so good. Yeah, it was it was gritty and it was dark and it was violent. Do you know what year it was supposed to take place in? The future, nineteen eighty seven. I think there's a calendar in the background somewhere that says 1986 still, but it's like, it's clearly supposed to be in the future. Yeah. I was, I, I think I read somewhere it was like 2040 something or they never say it. So, you know, yeah. I just always kind of assumed it was like an alternate universe Detroit. Oh, interesting. Rather than it being the not too distant future, but not committing, it was a, what if history was different? Yeah. Kind of, something like that because, uh, the RoboCop and Ed 209 aspect was pretty futuristic. Everything else was pretty much you know 1987 yeah like nothing else really looked like future style like it was pretty 80s yeah just the the guns two of them really all the rest of the guns look pretty normal having something that looks like a sniper rifle that shoots giant store exploding rounds is pretty rad yeah it seemed to kind of adapt to whatever the director needed it for how like (laughs) in one moment it's like exploding an entire store and others it's like shooting off little like bottle rockets up at robocop blowing off the top of one fire hydrant not even exploding the whole fire hydrant just blowing the top off yeah (laughs) maybe it just has really inconsistent explosives in it that's why it's not available on the on the mass market and unfortunately they used all of the good ones on the street for going to fight robocop for shooting cars so what's your history with this movie, Ben? Uh, I mean, I saw it when I was, how old was I? I was maybe like 13, okay. maybe 12, somewhere around that age. What is that, like uh, sixth grade-ish? We would have been 11 in sixth grade because we were we were behind everybody. So yeah, is sixth grade, junior high-ish. It was probably right around in there when I saw, when I saw RoboCop for the first time. And uh, as much of America, I, I had no idea that it had any sort of satire or more interesting overtones. I just saw people getting shot a whole bunch and things exploding and yeah and dinosaurs and crazy stuff and yeah i enjoyed it as a child for the ridiculous over-the-top action uh and uh awesome robot cop yeah and it wasn't until later that i appreciated it for some of the uh the other subtleties do you remember like your first take on it yeah i remember feeling like i was getting away with something when i watched it because i was like oh this is not what my parents thought it was when they rented it 
Oh, they were expecting some uh, some cheese dick like superhero sci-fi movie. I don't know what they were expecting. I just I I asked to watch RoboCop and they rented it and uh, boobs and explosions and lots of lots of blood. Oh yeah, it was probably not what they were expecting. Um, I don't think I was watching it with them though, so it didn't matter. Oh geez, you're lucky. I remember my my first exposure to it. Like I'm sure I saw. TV commercials or action figures or something first, but I was I was definitely still in elementary school and we recorded it off of TV on the VHS. So my first exposure with it was edited for television. I know I've seen it, but uh, I can't remember. And I, I can't imagine what that movie would be like edited for television. Less red. It'd be a totally different movie. Yeah. It, like the the whole like killing of Alex Murphy scene. I mean, it was more just like watching the guys shoot their guns than anything else. And um, let's see the the beginning scene when Ed 209 shoots that one guy. That is more or less nothing. The uh, the big the big blood splatter when he fucking knifes Clarence Boddicker in the end. Like there there's that like splash of blood on his chest that like was never there as a kid. So it was really weird. The first time I saw it unedited. So like, but how did they like, you know, the next moment when like he's pushing the thing off him, he's like covered in blood. Are they able to edit that out or did they just uh, leave no. it there and hope you didn't notice? Yeah, because they were in dirty water and shit. They probably just figured <laughs> it would look messy. Yeah. Um, and one one other thing that I remember from super early on was the uh, the RoboCop trading cards. Because back then, everything had a trading card tie into it. It's weird to me that they would even make RoboCop action figures. It yeah. was a huge movie, but like it was clearly not for the folks that were buying action figures. Well, they may have made those after the cartoon came out. Because the cartoon came out a year later. But at the same time, the designs were definitely based on the movie more than the cartoon. Because the cartoon had some different aesthetics to the suit that uh, that didn't match the movie. And I hate it. But I understand it. <laughs> But the trading cards actually had cards for Murphy's death. So, like, there's a card that was, like, split in half, and it had two uh, two frames of video, and one was his arm on, and the other one was the arm off. Like, like the one when he's standing yeah. up and his arm gets blown off. And there was, there was a card of some sort. I don't know how graphic it was, but there was a card for when he's laying on the ground and they blow his hand off. Yeah, and, he, and then he's got, like, the little stump that comes up. Uh-huh. Today was the first time I'd seen, the like, the unedited director's cut. I hadn't seen that yeah. before. I'd just seen the theatrical release. And uh, these days, it's not that shocking because hyper-realistic gore is, you know, not as shocking as it was in the 80s. Yeah, we've got torture porn now. Yeah, but uh, it was uh, it's definitely a bit more graphic. Well, yeah, and I'm shocked that they showed that shit on trading cards when we were kids. Well, that's the only place they could. Sh- yeah, they couldn't put it in the movie, so put it on some fucking trading cards, man. Yeah, and it was weird for not having seen it in the movie, but knowing it existed. This is one of those movies that has stuck with me since an early age. I have always fucking adored RoboCop. It's, I know, I probably sound like a broken record now after talking about Ninja Turtles and Rocketeer and Superman and shit. But this movie was very important to me <laughs> growing up, you know, um, the character, the design of his costume, like I touched on a second ago, like with the cartoon being different, like I understand why the cartoon would simplify something because that design is so brilliant and complicated and it shows on screen like like it shows how how gorgeous it really is like they put some serious time into that thing man it is absolutely fantastic looking and when he takes the freaking mask off and you see peter weller's face and it just kind of slowly melds in it looks like it's been stretched over the metal yeah it looks so 
fucking good. Like yeah. that out of all the costumes in movie hood, I think that's the one I would like to have the most because it is yeah. just, it's so bitching. Yeah. All those pieces in the back, like when you can study the back of his head when he's in yeah. the warehouse. Yeah. It's wild. And like one thing that I noticed once I started, um, taking pride in my in my drawing and i wanted to draw robocop I've, I've always been drawing robocop since i was a kid but once i actually wanted to nail the details like even the two his two legs have different design elements and different details going going down the thigh and then uh down on the on the lower leg too so you can't just like repeat or you know reverse the uh the legs there he's got the inner leg holster on the right side yeah Oh, that was so fucking badass when when I saw that for the first time. Holy shit. Doing the little spin like TJ Laser. Yeah, and he nailed the walk too, man. Like you know, he kind of had to. I don't think that suit had a huge amount of mobility. <laughs> I wish I would have gone back and checked him out again, but I know I've seen interviews with Peter Weller when he talks about his performance. He worked with somebody as well to nail those movements on purpose. I remember being a kid and doing that thing where like you sort of stomp forward and your legs and arms move forward in reverse of each other. You know, you do a very deliberate like robot walk. But then when you stop and you're going to turn, like you turn your, your torso, torso first. first. Yep. Yeah. And then start walking in that direction. The body language that he was able to put into it, like after the dream sequence and stuff, like when he's when he's talking to Lewis and he kind of like steps back, like he's kind of, you know, like a memories just hit him. And yeah, when she says Murphy, it's yeah, you. he kind of killed the. A robot slowly realizing it's uh, former humanity. Yeah, it's humanity. yeah, there you go. He just he sold it, and I guess he couldn't actually get in and out of a car in that suit. Like yeah, he, couldn't, he yeah. couldn't sit down properly in it. So all the shots of him in a car, he's just wearing the upper half of the suit. Yeah, it's like anytime yeah. you see RoboCop get out of a car, you know he's just got regular pants on. And that's why they <laughs> they had to do that that cut in shot of his foot hitting the ground when he gets out of the car that one time, and then he's already halfway out by the time it cuts back to uh, to the wide. Yeah, well, and that's a, it's a, just a great practical solution. Whereas now they would be like, hmm, well he can't get in and out of the car. Let's just make a CGI version of him getting in and out of the car. It's like who the fuck cares? We know he's getting in and out of a car. We yeah. understand that motion. We don't need to see it. You know, that is something that I noticed last night inadvertently. I mean, in, in kind of the same way, juxtaposing the old one in relation to the, the reboot, which you should see. It's worth seeing. It's different enough. Yeah, yeah, I will watch it one day. I just, uh, it looked dumb. Yeah, it was not great. I mean, that, that black suit they put him in was fucking stupid. It made no sense at all for, for a RoboCop. But one thing that this one did was that it, it showed very subtly, like you said, with that move there or with him starting to have that dream shortly before that, it made the point visually rather than having to tell you yeah, what absolutely. was going on. And you can totally infer and it's more fun that way. Whereas in the new one, they would have a couple of scientists giving like seven minutes of exposition about him having a dream and going, he can't have a dream. He's not human, blah, blah, blah. And back then, they would just sort of subtly show you and just implant the seed in your brain and let it grow. And I loved it. And like he's just, he's like twitching a little bit and moving. And you're like, okay, he's dreaming. I have a dog. Mm -hmm. I know what that means. I was watching it with Angelina last night because she had never seen it all the way through. Really? And, uh, and yeah, and I was like, hey, it's just like you because she does that. If I'm holding her hand, <laughs> she's falling asleep. She starts like squeezing randomly. You don't need to show everything and you don't need to explain everything. And so what did you think about the creation of RoboCop 
uh, montage, I guess it would be after after Alex Murphy dies. Spoiler, everyone. <laughs> You just spoiled minute 12 of the movie. Yeah. You get a series of shots from his viewpoint. You know, it's, yeah. it's from his eyeballs as they're creating RoboCop. And it sort of jumps through time and it has people talking to him and it and they screw on that LED screen <laughs> to him. It's like a grid. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's just got a drill. Like it's a drill with a regular drill bit and it just makes the grid in smaller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a little cheesy, but otherwise, I thought that scene was brilliant. I loved it. I love it was a good introduction to like this is them making RoboCop. Yeah, and uh, I, I love that. Like they come back and like we were able to save the arm, and he's like, well, no, why the fuck would we save the arm? The, yeah, lose the, the guy's arm. fucking bulletproof. Why would we give him a fleshy arm that could get shot? <laughs> Are you joking? He can crush things with his hands. Why would we give him a stupid flesh arm when he could have an awesome Robo arm? And what's weird is in the reboot, and I don't know if it was directly as a nod to this, but he's got a human hand for some reason. Yeah. I, it's really I, dumb. I, I've I've seen that. And uh, yeah, it, it is stupid. Like, why why would you have a human hand so it can yeah. get like shot? Yeah, I have no idea. People are like, oh, maybe so. So it gets people to trust him. It shows that he's human. But I mean, he's he's just like a human head with a hand in a robot body. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, think about in RoboCop how uh, his that he would have gotten that hand replaced almost immediately. Yeah, you know he gets shot at a whole bunch. He gets uh, engulfed in flames. He gets stuff dropped on top of him. Like that hand would be totally gone. <laughs> yeah. Is it his right hand? Is that the one they saved? His shooting hand? Shit, I have no idea anymore. I don't think so. But I, I'm I'm certainly not an expert in that one. I'm not an expert in this one, but. Just a just a very devoted fan. The other thing about the montage that was cool is that they, you know, he's kind of booting up in like their you know, like a little New Year's Eve party and stuff where they, it's just kind of it's not really super story important other than saying like, hey, here's the people that developed him. They've worked hard on it and they care. It was a uh, it was another one of those things where it's like they infer it. Whereas in the in the new one, I'm sure, and if they made another new one, it would be a big CGI, like something that looks like Iron Man's suit getting put together by a bunch of robots. And you would see that rather than just like, like it was it was a really cool storytelling technique that probably I mean, that cost them next to nothing. Yeah. To just shoot it like that. And like you said, the uh, the New Year's party, like he's observing that. And that's interesting. And they're like, oh, he's awake. Yeah, he's looking at us. Yeah. Well, and, and a lesser storyteller would have said, you know, could have had like signs like we've been working for six months to get th- to perfect this or whatever. It's like, no, OK, yeah. look, they're here. Oh, New Year's happened. Oh, it's not New Year's anymore. They spent some time making RoboCop. Yeah. Got it, it. Yeah. It could have been five years and it could have been three months. Yeah, and I love, and I also love like at the end, like after he unveils him and he's like walking, that you just see that little little shot of RoboCop in the in the TV. There's like a little TV there that he walks by, oh, like cause yeah, it's all yeah, from yeah. his vision, but there's like a camera on him, and you see the uh, the, the a little shot of him walking by. Yeah, and and then like the the reveal, you know, when when it's it's hazy as he's walking past that window, and then they go to the gun range, and he's so let's talk about his gun real quick. Those guns fucking badass. Thanks. Holy super cool. shit! Like. What is that thing? I don't know, but it holds a lot more bullets than it looks like it would be possible to hold. Yeah. <laughs> it shoots like microscopic bullets. Yeah. It just makes a really loud noise. It's just a BB gun. It's just a very powerful BB gun. I mean, I remember being a kid and looking at that thing and just like I was as fascinated as everybody else on the gun range with the, I'll get away from the mic to do it. But just the like, yeah. like, like 
a fully auto handgun and it's so cool looking with that like extra bulk on the front yeah it's like extra long and awesome yeah i've been described much the same way (laughs) and then he uh he goes out to you know go dispense some justice right they toss him some keys. Apparently that that little part took forever to film because he couldn't catch the keys in the suit. He <laughs> like had as he's such a hard time by. doing it. Yeah. I can't imagine his vision was great in that thing. No, just that little visor. Yeah. You'd have no peripheral vision, no up and down vision. Yeah, it'd be worse than a bat suit. He finally got it though, and it looked cool. He's just like just snags it out of the air. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they with his dialogue, they kept it reasonably cheeky, but not cheesy yeah and it's very simple like it's, it's mostly short statements yeah like he doesn't have any monologues thank god yeah he's a, he's a robot cop with you know partial human brain in him he doesn't need monologues he doesn't need to wax poetic about what it means to be human so on his first time out he stops a convenience store robbery with a, a guy who's got a a very big gun for a convenience store robbery and likes to say fuck me a lot <laughs> as he's shooting a robot man. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, not to mention a safe that is uh, <laughs> the most camouflaged. Yeah, the most ingeniously hidden safe <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Miller light cans <laughs> just stacked all around it. And he goes to buy a comic book. I like that. Or at least grabs a comic book like he's going to buy it before he holds it up. Was oh, that what it was? I figured it was a porno. <laughs> oh no i i i remember the only comic title that stood out to me was rom space night so it was a marvel book yeah. so yeah robocop shows up knocks his ass out possibly kills him i don't it know throws him through like a refrigerator door that's a pretty dramatic way of arresting somebody now it's always stood out to me it looks like the guy's running away and robocop clotheslines him but then, then he, he ends up like, like 10 feet away yeah, yeah and and in the in the opposite direction of where his arm was swinging so i'm not sure how that works it's always stood out to me but i'm okay with it and then he says thank you for your cooperation oh i should not try to half-ass that voice Unless I plan on going in afterwards and adding a adding a filter to it so it actually has the robot thing. They did a pretty minimal roboticization of his voice, too, which was nice. Yeah, and they, they like it was just accentuated off. it sometimes. Like, in that first scene, it was much stronger than most other scenes in the movie. Yeah. Oh, real quick, how about that fucking sound when he opens the door for the first time to the convenience store? It's like a... <gasps> Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, man. It sounds like he went through a fucking portal or something. <laughs> it was like an 80s super laser door opening sound. It was great. It's just the sound of RoboCop arriving. Yeah. They they used it again in the very end scene at OCP when he opens the door. It was, oh, I love it. The sound design in that movie overall was interesting. Yeah. Ed 209 and the noises that thing makes is... Uh, I guess, why not? You're going to make a giant uh, military machine gun rocket toting robot. Why not make it sound like a, uh, a tiger and yeah. a pig? Yeah, <laughs> just, at different times. Just, yeah, just pr- program it with various animal noises and have it use those and display its emotions. What if, uh, what if when it <laughs> toppled down the stairs instead of squealing, it was like, meow, meow, <laughs> meow. Like, a, like, a, like a whining tiger, whatever that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine a tiger whining. That's the fiercest fucking animal around. Then uh, after that, Robocop goes and stops an attempted rape. And how does he do it? Dick shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so badass. I like Angelina was not entertained by that, but what? I was like, yeah, I was like, look at that. Like that's justice there. Like some guys attempting to rape a chick, you shoot them in the fucking yeah, dick. right through her skirt. Oh, that was so great too. I remember being a kid and, and seeing that targeting system, like going right towards her crotch. And I'm like, Oh no, what's going on? What's he aiming at? And then just shooting through it. Oh man. Like close call for that chick. Yeah. Probably, probably burned a few, uh, short and curlies on that. I like how, like after she's she, like, looks down she like holds her skirt out. She's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. She goes to give him a hug. Uh, and then he, he says some shit about like, ma'am, you have suffered a crisis. And then something about finding rape counseling. <laughs> yeah. Like, love it. And she kind of looks at him like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, in fact, that was the line when he when he says, uh, your move, creep. Oh, yeah. That may be my favorite line. Either that or dead or alive, you're coming with me. But that like, your move, creep. In fact, is that also where he says, drop it for the first time? I think so, yeah. Because it, it is a satire, and I don't think a lot of people realize that when it came out. Paul Verhoeven mov- movies in general are satires of other things. Yeah. Um, he has a very dark sense of humor. And he really likes making people uncomfortable. Yeah, which makes sense because most of the things he made, you know, like, I don't think he's like trying to shock people or trying to uh, offend or. Yeah, he's not trying anything. to. He's not trying to preach and make a political statement. No, but most of the things he wants to make you uncomfortable about are things that you should be uncomfortable about, like murder, nuclear war, death, and war, and rape, and that kind of stuff. Like you should be uncomfortable in that. Like you shouldn't be like, oh yes, rape scene, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should be like, oh, I feel bad just watching this. Yeah. It shocks me looking at it now that adults that saw this when it was new couldn't tell that it was a little tongue in cheek because uh, some of the stuff is just like the opening scene where he's like shooting with fucking two guns out the window. And it's, like, yeah. it's just such over the top action or like the, the introduction of Lewis. Like she comes in and just beats the shit out of that guy's like super prototypical bad bitch introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it couldn't be more textbook, over-the-top, look, I'm a badass cop. Well, and uh, and Clarence Boddicker's whole crew. Like, you've yeah. got, you've got uh, Joe Cox, which is a funny name because his dick's hanging out earlier when he when Lewis goes to arrest him, um, you know, with, with his fucking laughing. He's, he's like, like the loud, crazy black guy, which yeah, was yeah. kind of a trope back then. Yes. <laughs> And like every everybody's just a goofball, and Clarence Boddicker is just so like again over the top, just like I'm a badass, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna say fuck, and I'm gonna fucking be pissed about everything, and I'm gonna fucking shoot people on sight if I feel like kill it. my that, own men. Yeah. Oh, geez. That yeah. Can you fly, I'll, I'll, Bobby. I'll, yeah. I was I was gonna touch on that a little later. Yep. Jeez. And same thing with like Emil, the motorcycle guy. When he's at the gas station, you know, like he shows up, he goes and sticks the gun in there and he's like, give me all your money and fill it up. And then after that, like he still goes back and he's like, you want to die tonight? Like he, they're just, they're fucking so overly insane and like trigger happy and just wanting to kill people and find it fun. Yeah, they're total sociopaths. Like the, I mean, the scene where they kill Murphy, I mean, they're all, it's like they're, they're doing the best thing they've ever done their entire lives. I mean, they're hooting and hollering and laughing and yeah. it's like they're at a party yeah yeah like everything is like a caricature of what you would normally see in either the movies or like the newscasts oh yeah 24-hour news was fairly new at this point cable news like that wasn't as ubiquitous and brain assaulting as it is now but yeah the, the, the way they would flip from like a awful stories to something else and then the commercials which i i can't see how you could watch that movie with those commercials and be like oh yeah 
that's a serious thing. Yeah, Nukem, the board game. Yeah. <laughs> and the the dinosaur yeah, the, featured for, the 6000 SUX. Yeah, for the 6000 SUX. <laughs> <laughs> the commercials in the second one are really good too. I can't remember there's there's like a there's some like superhero character Johnny something or other that's just uber like over the top satire. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 6000 SUX, man, that uh I'm surprised you don't see more of those around. <laughs> I wonder what that car actually was. It was a modified 77 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. No shit. Yeah, it doesn't look hardly anything like that. It's pretty yeah, heavily it's, modified. Yeah, it, it looks more sporty than a Cutlass Supreme. Yeah, well, because well, it's funny because like they use that as like the... the um, like at the hostage negotiation thing where the guy's like, I want a, I want a big car that uses a lot of gas with reclining leather seats. <laughs> reclining leather seats. I love that. And, uh, you know, and then they're like, how about a 6,000 SUX? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then like, it pulls up later and you're like, you know, by today's standards, like that's not a very big car. No. I mean, a 77 Oldsmobile Cutlass is, is pretty big, but I mean- Probably does use a decent amount of gas, but not by like Hummer standards. Yeah, oh yeah, we have some big fucking cars now. <laughs> or your truck. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, and that that guy when when he's holding the hostages and shit, like I love how he says like like don't jerk me off. Yeah. Like, when 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 people jerk me off, people die or some <laughs> shit like that. I couldn't help but laugh through that whole scene because his demands are so ridiculous. It's like yeah, oh my yeah. old job back and. Yeah, and RoboCop uses friggin' like thermal predator vision and rips them through a wall and punches them out a window. That's great. Yeah, like again, his uh, his idea of arrest is a bit uh, bit violent. So, next up, if if we're going through the order of events in the movie, there's a scene that takes place in a in an executive bathroom. Uh, Bob Morton, the creator of RoboCop, who's the business enemy of Dick Jones, the main badass fucking asshole at OCP, Omnicorp Consumer Products, um, that that designed Ed 209 and RoboCop. So there's a there's a fun little scene where they go into a bathroom and Bob Morton's just talking shit about Dick Jones and calling him a <laughs> pussy and an old man and fucking whatever. And like people are visually like disturbed and scared in the bathroom and you see these little feet in a stall and everybody's like trying to get yeah, out. The other guy he's in there. Yeah. The other guy even like pisses in his pants a little bit trying mm -hmm. to get out of there quickly. So Dick Jones comes out. And one thing that, of course, Angelina noticed that motherfucker doesn't wash his hands. So they sit there for a second. They they have like a like a dick comparing contest for a second. Talk shit to each other, and then he like runs his hands through Bob Morton's hair or like one of his hands, and then like grabs his head. You know, and Angelina's just sitting there with the biggest frown on her face. She's like, oh, poo poo hands. That's a fucking that's a power move, man. He doesn't wipe his ass. Like wipes his ass, doesn't wash his hands, and just rubs in your hair and grabs you and call calls you buddy boy. That is exactly what I said. It was a fucking power move. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the whole time. Like, on, in my notes here, I just have a note that says poo-poo hands. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, well, if we're going chronologically, I think we need to step back a hair. Uh-oh. Because uh, we skipped the uh, debut of Ed 209. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like one of the first things that happens in the movie. Yes, after the news reports. Yeah, where yeah he comes in and uh, there's a there's a slight uh, bug in the system. Yeah, they call it a glitch in the movie, and and 
and like, you call this a glitch? And I made the mistake of watching that whole everything wrong with RoboCop in seven minutes or less or whatever that YouTube video is. And one of the sins was like, it, it may have been like, it may be a really big glitch, but it's still a glitch. It's, it's definitely a glitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not a glitch because somebody died. Oh, sorry. Whoops. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I think spoiler heavy episode here, guys. I think 32 years on the spoiler ban is probably off. Jeez, we're fucking old. The, uh, well, and because you, you said Angelina never made it past that scene, right? Like when you said yeah. she hadn't watched it all the way through, it was because she got to that scene and was like, nope. Yep. <laughs> That's as far as she ever made it. Like, I think we discovered it was what, like eight minutes into the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Because they kill the shit out of poor Mr. Kenny. Yeah. So they're, they're doing a demonstration for Ed 209, right? Yeah. 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 They're like, hold this gun. I'm pointing this gun at him. And then he, yeah, he doesn't, uh, he drops it and, he, and Ed 209 does not recognize that he dropped you the gun. You have 20 seconds to comply. Oh, I should have been doing that the whole time with the RoboCop voice. Wow. I just did a little hand echo. Yeah. Drop it. Your move, creep. Oh, yeah. That's way better. Thank you for your cooperation. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. But yeah, they, they actually shot that scene twice um, or like on two distinct things. Like, I guess there was multiple days of that scene because Paul Verhoeven wanted to get it like dead on right. And so they did, I think there was like three days of filming the first time, you know, we're just putting squibs all over this guy and shooting the shit out of him. And then like when they were doing final cuts two months later, he was looking at it. He was like, man, he's just, he's not, he had, he didn't get shot enough times. <laughs> and so they rebuilt the entire boardroom set because they'd, you know, already done all the shots there. So it already been dis disassembled. Yeah. They rebuilt the whole thing and brought him back out. And then they shot the scenes of him when he's laying on the table and getting shot more. Oh, that's great. And like they, they did like a half a day shooting and he's like, nah, it's still just, it's not quite there. Then they went and ate lunch and he saw that they were serving um, like spaghetti squash noodles in mm -hmm. the commissary. And he was like, oh, that's it. And so they packed like two pounds of spaghetti squash, squash into his shirt and put all the squibs underneath it. So when it blew up, it looked like his guts were flying out. Oh yeah. You know, that that's super cool that they did that because I did notice that some of those, uh, some of those pops did look, uh, more than just you know a little circular pop like it like it, it did look like there was some extra stuff yeah flying. yeah he was packed full of spaghetti squash that's great yeah, and the, the actor uh i guess kevin page was the guy's name that was his first speaking role in a movie <laughs> and uh i guess in the last shot that they did they had like you know a couple of the squibs were like high up on his leg and it and it like just smacked him right in the balls so it was basically Ooh. basically took a firecracker to the nuts and had to like lay there quietly until they called cut and then he let his displeasure be known yeah yeah i'd be pretty displeased yeah <laughs> he's oh, he, i guess he heard all over because it's like you know a bunch of firecrackers going off it's like getting punched a bunch of times yeah that's what i <laughs> that's what i'd heard somewhere like i think he was on on an episode of uh matt gorley's i was there too where he where he talks to smaller players in bigger productions and I think he was on there, and I think he said he like got he got burned a bunch from it. I wouldn't be surprised. Supposedly there was an estimated two hundred squibs on him. Oh, that's so great! Yeah, wasn't it a record of some kind? It would be, but there was no, you know, there, like Guinness wasn't there, and like there was no official people there, and it's just an oh. estimated two hundred squibs. Because I looked it up because I'd, I'd heard the same thing, and the official record by Guinness Book of World Records for the man with the most amount of squibs going off on him at once was a man that had one hundred and sixty of them on him. Only 157 went off. So if he actually did have 200 on him, he, uh, yeah, he absolutely, it's absolutely a record. Yeah. That's pretty great. I bet they used a lot of squibs in that movie. Yeah. Just, just yeah. Gallons and gallons of fake blood. The, the amount of people that get shot in that 
is so, so great. Thankfully, like Robocop, he's such a good shot. He just generally shoots everybody once. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. Even if it hits them in like the pelvis. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're dead. Yeah, they're over. I mean, if you get shot in the pelvis by a robot that's killing everybody else, you're going to play dead if you're not. <laughs> it's true. You're not going to yeah. fucking get up and be like, hey, fuck you. You didn't get me. <laughs> well, speaking of squibs, there's that, uh, there's that factory scene. The drug factory. I love how they they throw in a detail, like as RoboCop enters this scene, his tracking system targets everybody that's there, like ahead of yeah, it's time. Yeah, like logging all the targets, and he's just like, yeah. Bam, bam, so so bam. once the shooting starts, like he he's even got a little style, you know, like not looking and shooting and and like spinning around. He has like shooting over his shoulder and shit. Yeah, it's a pretty slick uh, slick tracking system. There just murders the shit out of almost everybody. I liked the scene before he showed up there where, where Boddicker, like they're negotiating. He just like sticks his fingers in his wine and like smells them. Yeah. And then, and then dude, I mean, power move right back at him. He's like, fuck but you. I'll drink this. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that Angelina cringed at. <laughs> well, not only that, like, he's like, you know, he's imitating, I'm assuming fingering a woman and smelling it. So he's like, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, good call. It's just a yeah, just total dick measuring, and then RoboCop kicks down the door with his much more enormous penis. Boddicker's got such a style about him, even though he's such a such an insane, like you said, sociopath. I love how he's got a swagger to him. Oh man, still like yeah. he feels like he's untouchable. Like I, I love that when he went into Bob Morton's place to murder him for Dick Jones. Like he walks in and the first thing out of his mouth is something something you can't say anymore, which which I'm all right with because I'm I'm not I'm not this guy, but this guy would say this. He walks in and just says, Bitches leave. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, of course they do. He's got guns. And a and a cool high tech grenade. Yeah, with a really long digital fuse. Yeah. <laughs> which seems entirely unnecessary for a grenade. So that that was something that stood out to me as a kid. Um, like there there were a few things that stood out to me as as a young man or a, a young boy. Besides just the, how cool RoboCop was, like there were a few scenes like that one where like when Boddicker comes in and shoots Bob Morton in the legs, like I don't know. That was the first time it registered to me. Like oh, there's more than just like getting shot dead in the head or the chest. Like getting shot in the legs. That would fucking suck. Yeah, he shoots him like five times too. Like, yeah, it's just not just like over one shot. And over he's again. Like, he's making sure that guy's not getting back up for a while. Yeah, like seeing him crawling on the floor, you're like, oh wow, like that would that would really suck so bad. I do got to say his uh, his AV setup was a little weird. How so? <laughs> like he had like the. I mean, did they have DVDs in '87? I don't think they did. They pro- they had CDs, obviously. Yeah. But he comes in and puts the CD in like the little thing in the middle, and then it's this giant wall with mostly nothing and like five small TVs. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even take note yeah, of that. Dude's face pops up on like five like eighteen inch TVs. Yeah, <laughs> like wait, buddy boy, who would have this in their living room? Yeah, like most of it, like most of it from like head height down is empty, other than like five small televisions. It's like Back to the Future too, where where you can where you watch like six different cable channels at the same time. Yeah, unless he was like really into horse racing or something and wanted to watch all the races. <laughs> at once. But I mean, I guess he's you know doing cocaine off women of questionable morals, so yeah. maybe he is into horse races. I don't oh, know. but they're very smart from what they yes. uh, from what they say. <laughs> he, he loves he loves women with big yep. brains. 
It was clearly what he was after that night. So at the end of that drug scene, uh, this is another thing that stood out to me as a kid is when RoboCop is choking out Boddicker and, and Boddicker has sold out Dick Jones at this point because he's afraid for his it's life. It's like the only time in the movie where he loses his cool. Yeah. Where, where Boddicker kind of breaks down like he is scared. Yeah. And like that, that shot of his face when RoboCop is choking him out, like he, his eyes are like bugging out and he's all bloody and shit. Like that grossed me out so much as a kid. Like it, it like seared my brain. I'm worried his head was going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be terribly out of character. <laughs> no kidding. Well, one, one thing I love about this movie is that there is so much fucking RoboCop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's not there for like the first 20 minutes because he hasn't been created yet, but then after that, it's fucking all RoboCop all the time. Yeah, it, and that's so great because especially with like superhero movies these days, it spends a good 40 minutes or like the first half of the movie creating the hero. And with this one, like it's interesting for the first 20, 25 minutes. It's not slow, it's not boring, and then it's just, it's fucking RoboCop action. Yeah, yeah, they set up the villains. They set up the hero, they create RoboCop, yeah. and then they set him loose to resolve the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and it takes a good long while to do it, because this isn't a short movie. It's it's full long movie length. No, it's not that long. Really? It's like 103 minutes? Is I mean, it? It's a full movie, but it's not like Lord of the Rings or anything. Well, no, I mean, Lord of the Rings, I would not consider full long movie. I would consider that extremely extended long full movie. and long life yeah yeah exactly yeah it's a full long evening yeah it's 103 minutes i mean i think 90 minutes is like your that's what i think of when i think of a, the length of a movie yeah i guess i always kind of set it at two hours like 90 minutes for like comedies and shit well yeah but yeah, robocop's less than two hours yeah but not by much but when he goes in to confront dick jones we get directive four which uh which was hinted at earlier for the for the eagle-eyed, but I had I had actually missed it. I had taken it for granted because I just knew it was coming. But Angelina, oh, yeah, where it says classified, yeah. Um, and then we get the Ed Two Hundred Nine showdown. So, how do you feel about Ed Two Hundred Nine and the stop motion graphics that they use to create him? I, I love it. I love stop motion. I mean, it like it looks a little jerky because it's stop motion. It's hard to really smooth it out. Well, and like for the the early like the boardroom scene, they had like a they made a full sized. Ed 209. Like they yeah. didn't use it when he was walking and moving in, but like when he's just standing there and turning and shooting, that's a full-sized actual model. Yeah, there's there's an Ed 209 prop. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff, some of, you know, a good chunk of it wasn't stop motion, just when he's walking it is, but the other stuff is, you know, like when he's turning and shooting and like the rockets are arming and firing out. Like that's all just legit real. Are you sure about the rockets? I mean, I guess I didn't I didn't inspect it, but for some reason, it still felt like it was stop motion to me. I don't think so. Like, it's close up and, like, little thing clicks. Maybe they did it stop motion, but it's, uh, I think it was the full-size thing in the room. Yeah. You could tell they're using a miniature when they're doing, like, most of the walking stuff because it's got, like, that slightly different film quality to it than everything else, than the yeah. background. Yeah, I have a hard time with stop motion because there there are things like Star Wars, you know, with the ships, where where I always say I prefer that. Because it looks real because it is real. But for some reason, stop motion to me still has a quality that, you know, more like a, like the Ray Harryhausen stuff, where even though it's it's entertaining to watch, it still takes me out. You do got to cross the uncanny valley there because yeah. it just it doesn't look quite right. Yeah, because it's a little jerky and I don't know. I'll take it over just CGIing everything. 
Yes, for sure. I mean, even when uh, when they had like the the stop motion RoboCop real quick, like when he grabs onto the arm and and has him and makes him shoot his other arm off. Yeah. Like, it still looked super cool. Well, and, and you could tell they cut to an actually pushing an Ed 209 down the stairs. Yes. Like, that was yeah. a real model falling down the s- stairs, and uh, it looked like it. Yeah, of, of all things to take that monstrosity out, it's stairs. I love how, how he's got, like, hesitation stepping down the yeah, stairs, and like, then he goes uh, for it I, and topples. How do I do this? <laughs> and then squeals like a pig. Yeah, yeah which is just really odd choice. Well, and the, the funny part about that, too, is the costume's lack of mobility is uh, apparent because he does have the legs on in that scene because you can see him a couple times. And you can tell he's just kind of like hobbling down the stairs like RoboCop's not great at going downstairs. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do a lot of like close up shots on his face, like he'll pause on the stairs for the for the RoboCop shots. Yeah, yeah, because you could tell he was having a hard time getting down those stairs. And there was something about that after Ed 209 had good and fucked him up a little bit up in the office where like i liked they they had a couple shots where they pushed in on his eyeball through the visor and i thought that was such a cool shot because it showed in my opinion it showed fear and like concern on this character he's like oh shit i'm not untouchable i'm getting damaged yeah it was self-preservation where he's like oh i need to get out of here because before he's just like strolling through a hail of bullets or fire or whatever and again, with with Peter Weller's physical acting, uh, like he does a good job showing that RoboCop is damaged. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of, you know, he's not like limping or anything, but he, you could just tell like his movements are a little bit more labored. And then he gets downstairs and fucking all the cops are there shooting the shit out of him. And like when Lewis picks him up and like, well, get in the car and like puts him in the car and shit. Like he looks confused, like his circuits aren't working correctly, you know? Yeah. Like he, yeah. He, he looks like he doesn't quite get what's going on and his movements are kind of jittery and yeah yeah little jerks here and there yeah seemed authentic what was weird to me in that in that parking garage when all the cops are there and open fire on him is they're like marching towards him and so there's like 20 guys there with automatic weapons shooting at a metal man and they're moving up to like 10 feet away from him like i <laughs> I, I wanted to see somebody get yeah, hit with ricochet, a ricochet yeah well and they're in a like a concrete parking garage too so yeah it's hard flat surfaces all around yeah they, they're not well trained not to mention, yeah, were the cops on strike by this point? I don't think they were, but still, like, they've got an awful lot of cops that can show up there just at a moment's notice to mow down RoboCop. But then again, I guess, yeah, it is OCP. Yeah, they work for them. the OCP. Like, yeah, that's their private security firm, essentially. And I, and I I think the guy that was leading the charge was, like, the SWAT team guy. Yeah. Because he was yep. the same dude from the hostage negotiation. I don't know who that actor is, but... He was perfect for the just slightly overzealous SWAT team man. Yeah. Like he wasn't he wasn't a caricature, but you could tell that he was going to shoot first. Yeah. He wasn't a dickhead about it, but he's like, this is serious. Let's go. Like a, like a football coach. He was probably a little pissed at RoboCop already for butting in on his hostage negotiation. Oh, yeah. I bet there's a deleted scene somewhere. But I imagine there would be a subsection of the police that would be like, fuck this guy coming in here all robot and shit, taking our jobs. Yeah, in uh, in the cartoon, the first series from 1988, there is definitely one of those characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched like the first five minutes of one and like there's a total dick. Yeah, that asshole in the hallway. Yeah. Right in front of RoboCop. Uh, so then, like we touched on earlier, we've got RoboCop without his helmet in the uh, in the industrial complex. Yeah, and I'd forgotten that he never puts it back on after that. Yeah, yeah. He just I, leaves I, it off from there on. And you know what's weird to me, and I, I never really noticed until I was watching the cartoon earlier, when they hand him his helmet and it's got like the, the chin piece on it, 
he takes his helmet off and there's no chin piece all of a sudden. Yeah. And yeah. And it totally doesn't come off with the helmet. Yeah. That would have irritated my daughter. She was upset in the chase scene at the beginning that the windshield was like shot and then they come around the side and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we watched a movie called Robo Vampire <laughs> that uh, came out in 1988, kind of trying to ride the coattails of RoboCop. The reason I watched it is like on the cover of it, it's got like a, it, it is RoboCop. It's a drawing of RoboCop fighting some like weird undead Chinese looking people. You know, I didn't know the movie uh, came out back then. I thought it was a more recent. No, no, it was the year after RoboCop. Oh, wow. So like they're totally trying to cash in on the popularity of RoboCop by making Robo Vampire. And this movie, I made my daughter watch it as punishment because she was she was she was grounded. So she wasn't allowed to watch any TV. And I was like, you have to watch this because she didn't want to watch it. And uh, the thing that bothered her the most was that his chin piece kept moving. And like was like for most of the movie, it was like <laughs> off to the, instead of being right on his chin, it was like off to the side. And she'd be like, fix your chin piece. <laughs> oh, shit. I just looked up the posters. Yeah. It is RoboCop. It's RoboCop. The actual costume, not nearly as impressive as that. It's pretty fucking bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I just found a picture and that chin piece, like the chin strap yeah. is off center. Yep. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, but it, it it is uh it's a delightful film. I recommend everyone go watch it if uh you have oh, some time goodness. that you really want to waste because it is it's awful. But uh the plot makes no sense. It was like edited by a monkey, so it it just doesn't it like cuts from one thing <laughs> to another and like you miss you like you're clearly missing out on plot points. But uh it does have some good explosions. Uh, like they've yeah. got like uh, like little gun turrets and stuff that explode, and like they actually have like clothes stuffed with hay that they f- fling up in the air, so you see like bodies flying and stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, didn't she say it was a was it a Chinese movie? It like it seemed like it was dubbed, but it had a bunch of you know Western folks, and it looked like maybe it was filmed in like Thailand or oh, or okay. Vietnam or something. Maybe it was Asian, and uh, it was definitely Asian of some variety. Um, and uh, they had a very weird idea of what a vampire was. So I don't know if a vampire <laughs> is something else over there, but these vampires were, they were undead at least, but they uh, they didn't suck blood. They were, uh, did have some aversion to garlic, but they would basically stand up, put their arms straight in front of them, like uh, playing like they're Frankenstein or a mummy or something, and mm-hmm. uh, hop around. Like bunnies? Yep, like bunnies. And uh, they would uh, appear out of nowhere in a puff of smoke when this guy opened a bottle and they would shoot Roman candles out of their hands. Oh, and they could blow toxic smoke out of their mouth that would kill people. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. It's like, these, how are these vampires? <laughs> yeah, they're not robots either. No, no. <laughs> it was very, uh, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, and apparently there's a sequel. So next time my daughter does something wrong, she's watching that. <laughs> I'll have to catch the first. Do you know what year the sequel came out? Like, was it? I do not. I just noticed when I was looking up RoboCop on Amazon Prime for it, I was like, wait, Robo Vampire 2? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I would give it two out of five stars because it had explosions and some boobs. So it gets a star for each of those. Yeah. It's like a rated R Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then again, I guess he did do some rated R, but I don't remember boobs in The Rock. There was there was a small amount of boobs in RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. The quick little shot. I remember being a kid. And in fact, I still remember the first time I saw that scene. It was uh, at that friend of mine that lived across the street's house. They weren't Mormon like my family. So we could watch rated R movies there every once in a while. They're like, wait, like, ah, look, <laughs> there was boobs here. They didn't show yeah. those on TV. Nope. 
Yeah, Paul Verhoeven's got a thing for co-ed locker rooms. Oh yeah, they do that in uh, Starship Troopers too, yeah, don't they? they? Do like I guess he's just uh, he's real big into that. In fact, in Starship Troopers, like the the actors were a little uncomfortable with the idea of all being naked because they're all like totally actually naked shooting the film or you know uh-huh. shooting the scene, and it they're not body doubles like you know it shows their faces and everything and you know faces, dongs, butts, freaking boobs, the whole nine, and uh, they were a little uncomfortable. And it was like, tell you what. I'll direct it naked. Does that make it better? And apparently it did. So he directed it naked. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is so great. Oh, man. So I don't, maybe he just likes being naked. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say to, uh, to a little break before we finish this movie up? Sounds good to me. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome back, John. So, where did we leave off in this movie? Ooh, I think we were uh, we were talking about RoboCop. Yeah, we saw him without his helmet. I don't know why she would take him back to the place where he was brutally murdered. Yeah, seems like a weird choice of places to bring a guy when he's injured. I guess it is a place where I mean it would be secluded because that place was abandoned, but still, like that's that's a little insensitive. Yeah, like there's not another derelict building in Detroit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> places. I mean, come on. Yeah, so I guess we're we're leading into the final showdown. Yeah, looking for me. Yeah, what the fuck? Like he's clearly got the drop on them. They're on the ground with their big ass guns. He's up sitting on top of a building, and for some reason, he says, looking for me, and and draws their attention instead of just blasting them all real quick. Because that's what the action hero in an 80s movie would do. Fuck! That's why. Oh. He's not practical. He's satirical. <laughs> you know, one, one thing that, that struck me before getting into any details about this is just how short this scene actually is. Oh, yeah, he kills the shit out of people pretty quick. He shoots, uh, what, Joey, the laughing guy? Yeah, Joe Cox. Next would be Emil, because Emil is driving the van. Giant, fat, oh, toxic waste. Yeah, and you know it's toxic waste because it's labeled toxic <laughs> waste. toxic waste. And that that thing was, was another one of those things that stood out to me as a kid, especially after seeing it on the trading card, too. That guy is so fucked up the makeup is so good on that his lips down like like skin is just melting off of him his fingers are dripping he's like "Ah, me 
I'm like, oh, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I half expected the other dude to just shoot him. That actor is so weird. The, I think his name's Ray Wise, RIP. I think he died recently. The uh, the guy that didn't shoot him or the, the yes. guy that. Uh, yeah, yeah, melty. yeah. The guy that didn't shoot him, uh, Leon Nash in the movie. Yeah. He was also in Twin Peaks and he's he's just got a really weird eccentricity about him that's, it seems fake and a little over the top whereas like somebody like a willem dafoe or nah he's a little too serious but like a gary oldman could pull that off really well and the, the dude that played emil looked really familiar to me too i couldn't tell what i'd seen him in but i know i've seen him in something else he had shown up in er i'd say was he the cocky doctor guy but i don't think that narrows down cast of er terribly yeah it was it was either early mid or late <laughs> er <laughs> um <laughs> He was also in a couple episodes of the uh, Superboy TV series, and he was he was hamming it up good. Definitely don't know him from that. Nope. So then he gets fucked up, and I'll loop back around to that in just a little bit. Then there's a quick little car chase, and they end up in the bottom of this pit, and Clarence Boddicker all of a sudden has fantastic aim and just shoots Lewis a bunch. Well, I think he always had pretty good aim. Yeah. Not for the rest of that scene, at least, because nobody could hit RoboCop. Well, those weird explosive guns, they're tough to aim. But clearly. I mean, unless you're aiming for the top of a fire hydrant, then you can hit it dead on. He was able to hit a car. Yeah. But as they mentioned a couple times, it's a very big car. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then we've got the the showdown and then the final showdown. They're in a pit and fucking leon nash drops some some steel girders that are just hanging out in a crane that scene where he's like walking across like i've heard a lot of people say that uh robocop was like a jesus allegory and they cite that he's like walking on water like is that it because he doesn't seem very jesus-y otherwise yeah let's see he he, he rose from, from the, the dead, dead and he like walks in a shallow pool he does not make the blind see. I didn't see any water to wine. He didn't manifest any loaves and fishes. Didn't cure leprosy. Um, certainly wasn't crucified. Got blown the fuck up. But yeah. He's, he didn't seem quite as turn the other cheek as Jesus, I got to tell you. Yeah. He was 87 Jesus. Yeah. yeah if, it was, if he was a Jesus allegory, he, it doesn't seem like he was a very strong one. No, that's quite a stretch. Like, I get why people call Superman a Jesus allegory, I guess, even though he's, in my opinion, he's clearly a, a Moses allegory. But yeah, no, RoboCop, that is. Yeah, I, I saw that in like a few different places and I was like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I get that one. Maybe if in the, in the end when uh, the old man's like, what do we call you, son? Or what's your name? And he's like. You can call me Jesus. You're like, oh, wow. You can call me Lord and Savior. Yeah. He didn't have any any Judas that betrayed him. Nope. No disciples. I, no, I, I am going to go ahead and say that the Jesus myth is busted. Don't sue me. Mythbusters Incorporated or whoever. I don't remember Jesus stabbing anybody in the throat with a data spike. No. And that was badass. As we touched on earlier, man, like knowing that it happened from the edited version but not ever really seeing it in that graphic detail when I was a kid. Like once I finally saw it, like it was, oh, I was fucking gnarly and the shit squirting out. Well, yeah, and, and, like he thrusts it up and like a full cup of blood gets splashed down on it. It's yeah. like a large amount of blood comes down. It even yeah. takes a second. 
Yeah, it does, which probably made it easier to edit it out for TV. Yeah. Boddicker's kind of grasping his throat and his arteries are squirting and shit. Yeah, it's good stuff. And just before that, fucking that that gun man i i I loved that shot when i was a kid just he's just like i got him clarence i got him leon nash up in there after dropping the steel and lewis just blows the fuck up out of that thing um so then we have the final 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 (laughs) showdown (laughs) (laughs) he strolls back into that boardroom i was really glad i got to watch this scene again directive four keeps him from arresting dick jones but he um he says he's under arrest for murder he sticks his uh his spike into the tv again a wall of tvs because why not and it's got dick jones in a clearly comically reshot scene admitting to killing bob morton that was supposed to be recorded from their earlier conversation that was to my memory the first time i ever really noticed a a reshoot that was so inconsistent with the original one i didn't even notice oh dude it drove me bonkers as a kid and every time i watch that movie i still hate it because when they're in the office earlier and he actually does he's just like i had to kill bob morton because he made a mistake now it's time to erase that mistake or something and like there's the sound of ed 209 like walking through that last line too and you know it's it's more casual more quick and and then it's so staged in the uh, in the one in the end where he's just like, I had to kill Bob Morton because he made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake. And, you know, it's clearly a man just speaking to camera. And it, it was it was almost like they did it first and they they couldn't describe to him how he would have been <laughs> doing. It. And then when he acted out the scene later on, he, he you know, he was actually acting. Um, yeah, it bothered the hell out of me. Oh, I did not even notice. Oh, man. I'm surprised Haley didn't notice. Oh, she wasn't there for the earlier part, was she? Or was she? No, she'd walked away by that point. I think you came and like dinner was getting made. Yeah. And so she wandered off. And then the brilliant, you know, dick, you're fired yep. line from the old man in the elbow. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> and uh, and then the <laughs> totally normal, not <laughs> fake looking death scene uh as he falls out the window he was falling so fast his arms stretched by about a foot each yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm gonna let that lead us into my ranking list all right the top five deaths Ooh. yeah um i i don't know if you noticed but i purposely delve super deep into a few of them throughout uh throughout our talks so far just because i wanted to i didn't want to just be like oh yeah that thing we already talked about earlier then that thing and these are all from the first movie i presume these are all from the first movie yeah um i've got a couple honorable mentions um first is that we talked about earlier bobby can you fly bobby yeah yeah he's the asshole that that torched the money so boddicker was already pissed at him and he gets uh gets shot in the leg i think yeah just yeah, just a, just a flesh wound yeah during the uh during the chase so boddicker being the the nut job that he is decides to have his men th- lift him up and throw him at murphy and lewis's car and uh and it works it, it certainly slowed them down and the other honorable mention is everybody in the warehouse <laughs> that gets shot <laughs> because it's such a glorious scene. And but especially this is something I noticed from that everything wrong with video. Uh, the dude who takes a couple seconds to backflip because of editing. So RoboCop shoots a guy 
and he like starts to fall back and then they they cut in a, a quick shot of him like pointing and shooting somewhere else like some close up and then it goes back to that shot but in the same moment so in real time in the movie it's taken like three seconds and then this dude is still just like backflipping from being shot <laughs> so it, it looks pretty funny once uh once it's pointed out i like that the uh the boss man of the uh drug factory uh ends up getting gunned down by his own guy yeah yeah the shot, stray like fire spins around and strafes him with the machine gun there was one guy too that uh he either got shot with something or got hit by something and he just does like a power rangers like they rocketed him backwards through some uh through some boxes but it seemed comical uh, how far he flew for what he got. I think maybe maybe he got shot in the shoulder or something, but just, yeah. but like got yanked by the waist back like 10 feet through some boxes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was deliberate. So number five on the list. In fact, for the most part, we have talked about these. But number five on the list is Leon Nash. And that is because of the surprise. I loved that as a kid. He's so stoked. I got him, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number four, we have Clarence Boddicker and his squirty neck. So I guess we have talked about most of these. <laughs> we couldn't not talk about that. Yeah. Um, number They're the best parts of the movie. <laughs> number three is Alex Murphy. Like that still, even though it's pretty absurd that he stays standing up the whole time while, while there, cause he gets shot so many fucking times, but well, then he, then he goes down, he's like kneeling at the end of it, and they're like, he's still alive. Yeah. And Clarence shoots him in the head. The scream that Peter Weller is letting out while he's getting mowed down and seeing Lewis like run up and look through that grating and, yeah. and you know, her acting was great in that scene. I don't, I don't think she was the greatest, but that scene was great. And when she goes to find him, like you can see she's horrified that her new partner is fucking fucked up. Yeah. That's a rough first day. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Uh, and then. So number two is Dick Jones with incredibly long arms. So <laughs> I've seen this movie tons of times throughout my life. So that was no shock to me. But I, I showed up at your house towards the end of the movie. So I got to see you experience this. And what was your reaction to it? I think it was, what the fuck is wrong with his arms? <laughs> like, I don't remember having noticed that in the past. I Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But uh, yeah, it definitely came as a bit of a surprise. Like, why are his arms long as his body is tall? Yeah, it's like a... It's <laughs> like, like a... Could like his, beyond his knees. It's a special <laughs> effects shot. Looking down the side of the building as he falls through the window and falls towards the ground. We've seen that shot in movies like a thousand times. Yeah, we talked about how bad the Joker one was, too. Yeah. For some reason, he's he's got like six foot long arms. It's so bizarre looking. And I don't I've never actually heard of an explanation of why or how or what. I mean, I could figure out when, but yeah, I, I, I guess someone just uh, needed to work on their perspective. Wow. It's so bizarre because even the pose he's in, because it, it almost looks like he's laying down and his arms are going out to the side and they're like bent at the elbow. But maybe they got like perspective wrong. Like when things come closer to you like this, they get longer, right? <laughs> and then number one, can you uh, can you guess what number one is? Let's see. Can discount all the folks that are already dead. It is one that i purposely avoided talking about earlier but not much earlier I'm trying to think of what other major character got killed it is mr toxic waste himself emil oh we did talk about that before. no we did not 
We talked about him oh, getting covered in toxic waste. <laughs> yes. So he is he is gimping down the street after dude doesn't yep, shoot him. And he's right. just like, ah. There's a car chase going on. And boy, does Clarence in that big 6000 SUX just splatter the fuck out of him. He explodes like a damn water balloon. It is so <laughs> great. And you see his head bounce up off the windshield. And like Angelina was so grossed out by that. Ugh. But I have always loved that because he's already weakened from the toxic waste and he it he just liquefies all yeah. of, and like it like you can you see from the inside of the car on the windshield and it's it's like it, something just splashed. Like just some goo. Oh man, I love that. Like that that's some like toxic Avenger level fucking gore. Yeah, tonight when when I was watching it, like at that exact point was when my mother in law walked in. <laughs> and was watching and she was like and she was like oh this and then she's like oh, special effects are so much better now and i was just like what the what the fuck are you talking about yeah. that was awesome that, that was perfection that is what it would look like if you splattered a toxic waste weakened human body uh, uh, against that like that's not cgi that is brilliant yeah, there's no way you could use cgi to make that better no gooey body with body parts flying and- <laughs> weird toxic guts oh and i man i love that the head kept its consistency like that that sold it for me well yeah he didn't hit the head it just the rest of the body exploded Mm -hmm. where the head was so that's my ranking list some some good good deaths who knows if the guy who got shot in the dick died from it but i hope not he just lived the rest of his life without a dick yeah which is full cool he didn't deserve it the dick he didn't deserve his dick that is not he definitely deserved being shot yes so what is the deal with the data spike? Like, I guess, is that just like this universe's USB stick? Yeah, I don't know, because clearly it is something that has ports. Yeah. So like, but I don't imagine anybody else is walking around with something like that in a in a little pouch. Well, they must be like the boardroom's got a data spike input jack, and so is the police station. Like, they didn't put that in there just for RoboCop. Yeah, it's cool as fuck. I gotta say, there, there's something about like I I went back a couple times last night in that ending boardroom scene when he does when he does the spike. There is a slight camera move. So the arm is coming from the left to the right to insert into the port. And the camera moves slightly from right to left. And it just gives this fucking sweet little dynamic bit of motion. It caught my eye and I had to I had to go back a few times just to see it. I, it's uh, totally insignificant and probably not entertaining. But if you're if you're into camera moves, <laughs> I appreciated that. I, I like Paul Verhoeven's direction like he, he had a lot of really cool shots in this movie and in like starship troopers and some of the other stuff he's done yeah I, I i it turns out like i didn't know he did everything like until i started looking into it that he did and uh i like it like he did this and starship troopers and total recall and uh showgirls which i, I don't oh, remember much i had of forgotten about boobs, that because it yeah. came out when i was like in high school because it was jesse spano yeah and uh what else did he do hollow man oh i never saw that and uh, there was something else. What was it? It was uh, oh, Basic Instinct. Oh, as well. oh, look at that. Yeah, I, w- uh, I wonder why he didn't come back to the sequel. I would say because he didn't need to. I like. I don't think a movie like RoboCop needed a sequel. Yeah, I don't think it benefited from a sequel. I think, especially with stuff where you're taking the piss out of something, you're not trying to build a franchise. You're like mocking something or doing some pointed critique at society. Sequels don't usually pull that off very well. 
Well, they become a caricature of themselves and then start taking themselves seriously and then devolve into jetpacks and robot ninjas. Uh huh. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, despite his best intentions, I think Orion Pictures, I think it was owned by Sony, maybe. Um, they, uh, they certainly had their sites set on on a franchise there was yeah (laughs) once it made a bunch of money like you're you know they'd be fools not to make another robocop yeah look at pretty much the entire film industry now if something makes a lot of money you keep doing that until it stops making a lot of money and that's why we still have like fast and the furious movies well, even so, it's like like they they create these movies with eyes set on sequels. Like like it's it's oh, like yeah. the first movie is a trailer for the second and third movie. But in this franchise, I'm going to touch back on uh, on the cartoons um, real quick because I I went through and I just watched the first episodes of each cartoon series just to get an idea of what they were like. Um, the one in 1988, some little highlights from there we've got uh we've got bad guys saying uh such wonderfully written dialogue like kiss my toe copper (laughs) um one thing i was surprised by in this is robocop shoots people like with a like a gun with a gun Ooh. thing is it's a laser gun and it apparently only stuns them well, yeah, because I, like, but he straight up pulls out a gun and shoots him. I was, I was very impressed. It's like GI Joe did that. Yeah, it's a laser gun. Well, with G, with GI Joe, you were allowed to shoot people with laser guns, but people never actually got hit in GI Joe. And then when they they would destroy vehicles, but yeah, the person jump, everyone yeah, would jump out. Yeah, yeah like a, a jet would get destroyed, and then you'd see the person parachuting in the background a second later. You can't make a RoboCop cartoon where RoboCop doesn't shoot people. <laughs> oh, wait until wait until we talk about Alpha Command. Oh no. <laughs> Um, in this, uh, in this cartoon, we had Ed 260, who was a traffic cop and, what? Uh, yeah. And similarly to Ed 209, he malfunctions a little, uh, glitch and, uh, some people make a U-turn to, uh, to go back and get her, get this lady's purse or something. So he calls them out for an illegal U-turn, promptly blows them up. They, they get out of the car, but he shoots the car up, blows it up. Somebody from that explosion, you know, moves into a different lane. So they change lanes, uh, without signaling and he blows them up. Then there's a car that's <laughs> illegally parked. He blows them up. Does he look like Ed 209? He looks similar. He's a bit bulkier. Bulkier? Yeah. (laughs) Seems really overkill for a traffic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's more blocky, (laughs) less less sleek. Like the front of Ed 209 almost looks like a spaceship cockpit. Ooh, I should I should do that for one of our spaceships in our comic. They added that grill in the front because they thought it was funny because a lot of cars at that point were adding grills in the front, even though they didn't need them. (laughs) <laughs> so they, they just added it for the style. Oh, awesome. Of uh to kind of point to cars that did the same thing. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. But it's almost like the guy they had playing the police chief. Like he, he almost sounds like a white dude where like the voice the voice director said sound like a black guy. Like he, it's just so over the top like i i don't i don't feel comfortable doing it but, but <laughs> that's how over the top it is yeah is that it feels inappropriate for you to mimic that voice yes and then there was a cop that must have been uh early progressive for for you know the 1988 um because there was a cop that was clearly or that clearly looked like a female but clearly had a man's voice <laughs> It was, uh, it was very interesting. And um, like I mentioned earlier, they simplified the design of the suit so everything was more symmetrical and everything fit, but it really took away from uh, from the effect of it. So that was in 1988, and then we had Alpha Command in 1998, which took place in the futuristic world of 2030, which according to what I found on the internet, even though they don't say it, the first movie was supposed to have taken place in like 2043. 
But this is years later in new Detroit and it's all kind of futuristic, but it was like the late nineties aesthetic where everything was just like super oversaturated colors and like little neon things here and there. And we still got 10 years till then. Uh, Maybe that's, that'll be the style. Yeah. It, it looks, it looks bad. Like it reminds me of the uh, Spider-Man unlimited cartoon. Let's see. They still had the news reports in there. That was cool. So here we go. Let's talk about RoboCop's dialogue. After they revive RoboCop, uh, he and this this new female partner, um, I can't remember her name. RoboCop's first line when he comes out is, hello, Dr. Newmeyer. Who's the babe? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. He also had some classic lines as in uh, when he's got an arm that is sort of moving on its own that's not attached to him because the guy was building a new arm he says uh somebody's like oh what what's what's with the arm he's like i missed it i was kind of attached to it oh did you chee the funny guy and then as we touched on earlier he goes to pull out his gun when when some bad guys show up or i guess they're cops but they're coming to stop him he goes to pull his gun out and his holster's empty but you know what he has in his arm a banana <laughs> no he has a net launcher he has a glue gun. He actually like says glue gun and this like spout pops up out of his arm and he shoots glue at the guys. <laughs> and then he says, at least I haven't become unglued. Yeah, I think I can skip this Cricket. one. And then he calls in because they're cops and he says officers need assistance. They're a little stuck up. Wow. Yeah. And th- those were some gems. He had a few more. How did those lines not make it into the movie? Oh my goodness. It was so glog awful. I mean, I made it through the first episode. It left on a cliffhanger, but I was not <laughs> waiting for the next episode. You were invested enough to click that oh, link. It's so bad and so late 90s. Like the, the 1988 cartoon, it only ran for 12 episodes. The other one ran for 40. Oh, but geez. but the, uh, the 88 felt very much like an 80s cartoon. It was cheesy. The bad guys were, were oh, they were over the top. They all had, I mean, most of them had mullets. And I think the, the only... Probably a few mohawks in there too. Yes. Yeah, I think there was a mohawk. <laughs> hawk mullet yeah um and the of course the police chief was the only black guy in the entire episode which the alpha command also had the black chief character so i I don't know whether society should be offended by that or or be happy that they stuck to their formula i don't know but um at least they got more progressive with uh with alpha command but progressively stupid (laughs) yeah oh my goodness it was bad so yeah robocop was not shooting anybody except with glue guns and net guns doesn't quite have the same feel it doesn't feel the same either because it's not a gun it's like a launcher from his arm oh he also had a grappling hook well yeah why wouldn't he he's not heavy or anything so yeah that was that was our cartoons i mean and then i guess we have to mention video games yeah i vaguely remember playing some sort of side-scrolling robocop game where you shot bad guys was it arcade or nintendo it might have been Nintendo. I don't even remember what system it was for or what generate, you know, like what, when it was or what it was, but it was a sprite based, uh, side scrolling shooter. Yeah. And that's about all I remember about it. See, I remember the arcade one looking really good. Like it, it was clean as hell. And that was, that was back in the Nintendo days too. Cause the Nintendo one does not look good. Yeah. I don't know if I ever, I don't remember the arcade. I remember, pl- I, I remember playing RoboCop pinball. Oh shit. I don't know if I ever played that. I feel like I would re- remember that. The, you know, like the face of the cabinet, it had, uh, you know, the picture of him with one foot in the car. Oh, cool. Like the cover, yeah, like the, that, yeah, that first like the cover. poster. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That one's so cool. Of Robocop pretending to get into a car. Yeah. And or out. I'm fairly shocked I don't own that poster. Wonder yeah, it's why. cool because you get a good shot of the whole costume and it's like dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. I remember playing the arcade game. I remember playing Robocop versus Terminator for Super Nintendo. And I don't remember much of that game except that it was fucking hard. Uh, for Super Nintendo, you said? Yeah, yeah. They had it for Super Nintendo and Genesis. I almost want to say that for Super Nintendo, the cartridge even had like a different shell that was like, that was, that was kind of, um, like black and had like, like a weird cube design on, on the, on the actual shell of the cartridge. But I could be wrong. Are you just thinking of the Genesis cartridge? No, 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 no. I mean, it, it had like a like a grid pattern on it. Yeah, and that that was spawned from a uh, from a Dark Horse comic of RoboCop versus Terminator, which I've read, and it's pretty horrible. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the reason RoboCop was made was because they wanted to cat, you know, kind of follow up on the fervor of Terminator. Oh yeah. And kind of make a you know some other sort of robot doing some other sort of thing. A good robot man. Yeah, but uh, thankfully. The the they didn't just go with some generic cheesy action thing. They decided to do something awesome. Yeah, it was very well written. You know, like it very easily could have been something cheese dick. You know, with could have been Alpha Squad or whatever it was. Yeah, Alpha, Alpha Command. Command. Yeah, yeah, totally with with fucking Arnold or Sly in there, just busting out one liners the whole time. Could have been Robo Vampire. Yeah. And there have been various Robocop comic book series over the years, but unfortunately, I just really haven't done it. Frank Miller has written a lot of those. He he even wrote the script for Robocop 2. I saw some. I think he might have done three as well. Oh, jeez. I doubt he admits to that publicly. Yeah. <laughs> I heard something and I thought they said that he wrote the script for RoboCop 2 and 3. Yeah, there have been a, a few series that have come out where I always pick up the first issue, but I don't know if it's just the the art has never really pulled me in. But, I mean, they always go for, like, the hard fucking violence and nastiness of De- of Detroit in the RoboCop universe. So they, they're definitely carrying the, probably more the, the feel of RoboCop 2 than the first one. You know, it was like a little more over the top in a cheesy way, not in a satirical way. You know, it was like if Power Rangers was rated R. If you could say fuck in Power Rangers. Oh, weird. And actually kill people. Oh, I think I might make Power Rangers better. <laughs> Probably, but it wouldn't make RoboCop. I mean, it, it makes RoboCop worse. Yeah. Like I said, satires are not generally well suited to having sequels. Yeah. Like Scary Movie and how, however many of those they made. Yeah, like 27 of them. Though I got to say, I think three was probably the best one. Yeah. Oddly, I don't think it has any Wayne's Brothers in it. Yeah, was that the one where, where the yeah where like the airplane crew took over? Yeah, yeah. Had, yeah Leslie Nielsen was in it and it, it, they yeah. were mocking like signs. Charlie, and, yeah, Charlie uh, Sheen played the Mel Gibson role. Eight Mile and... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one was pretty fucking funny. That was a good movie. It was definitely different than the rest of them. Yeah, and then I think they went off to go do a different horror satire that didn't do well. Yeah, my my history with the rest of the RoboCop franchise is pretty limited. Yeah, RoboCop 2, I still think, is good. It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those good bad flicks. RoboCop 3 is just bad bad. 
But RoboCop 2 has uh, Tom Noonan playing the villain Kane and the whole impetus for creating this robot man that Kane's brain goes into is they even call him RoboCop 2. So I kind of I kind of liked that. And the old man from the first one is more of like an evil asshole in this or in uh, in RoboCop 2. The the old man seems like he was a reasonably legit guy yeah. in the first one. Like he didn't seem like he was hip to what was going on so making him a dick seems like a bit of a dick move yeah it's kind of a bummer to watch it because he he does come off as a good guy in the first one but now the second the second one's got some good shit there's a part where robocop gets fucked up and dismantled where there's some really good special effects they did like a uh like a practical effect with like a uh, animatronic peter weller face that's that's pretty good one thing i didn't like in the sequels though like after the first one they gave his his body like a blue tint yeah i remember that that always bugged me i liked him as silver Uh, at least when they make toys and everything he's still silver i think in the the game that i played he had kind of a blue tint too the video game oh really okay yeah that definitely was not the arcade game no, no, it was definitely on a console. It's probably NES or yeah, and the NES, NES one was pretty age, rudimentary. Yeah. We'll have to watch some some of the TV shows too, maybe. I think I'm I'm pretty happy with just having RoboCop in my life. Yeah, yeah. I guess we don't need to go out and devote 20 hours of our lives to all the peripheral RoboCop stuff. No, I think I got what I needed out of the RoboCop <laughs> franchise the first time around. As I've stated before, I'm not a huge fan of eternally living franchises and redoing and remaking shit all the time so yeah i'm good with it with a nice fun story that's over I like endings is, is is that a segue <laughs> yes it is speaking of <laughs> endings so let's wrap up i love robocop um there's a there's a spot on my bookshelf for little robocop figures whenever i find them i've got a cool neca toy got the funko pop i've got uh, a couple other little doodads i've got a t-shirt like I I love RoboCop. The original design, like in that remake, when he shows up at first and he's got like a a modernized version of the original armor, I was fucking pumped because all you saw in the commercials for the most part was that stupid black stealth video game like tactical armor. Yeah. And it looked dumb, but like an updated version of the original armor looked great. Um, except when they had him running in CGI, that looks stupid. But the the design itself was solid, and that speaks to the the again the brilliance of the design of the original suit. I love it to death. Peter Weller was brilliant as RoboCop, and it shows when when you have the other guys who played him in later incarnations, RoboCop three and in the TV series, that just it, it wasn't the same, and it wasn't good. I'm a big fan of over-the-top, gory action ridiculousness, and uh, yeah, RoboCop's got that all over it. How would we sell this to somebody who hasn't seen RoboCop? I mean, either somebody our, our age, so they know what movies were like back then, or even to a younger person, like somebody in their 20s that wouldn't even have any reference for like uh like stop motion animation. You know, like how do we sell it to them in a way that makes them care, or can we? Yeah, see, you know, you want to see what good practical effects look like because no one's doing that anymore. Yeah, and you can see some really cool bitch and practical effects. You can see some uh, interesting social commentary that uh, ended up to be a little uncomfortably on the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like with how uh, how cable news pretty much became exactly what he was satirizing in there, and how like like the speech that uh, 
that Jones gives at the beginning, it was kind of far-fetched then, you know, this big giant corporation that took over the police department. You know, they got a contract with the city to run the police department. Yeah. We're talking about how, you know, well, we've, we've branched out into fields that are usually nonprofit, like hospitals and prisons and space exploration. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, all of those things are run by corporations now. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is accurate. <laughs> there are companies that do all of those things now. I don't think any cities have contracted out their police force yet. No. But, but if, uh, if that's what we need to bring us a real-life RoboCop, I don't know if I'm opposed to it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't make them like this anymore. Oh, shit. Brief little sidebar, because I, I meant to bring it up earlier, but spaced out because we were talking about something else. Have you heard about Neil Blomkamp's plans? Uh, probably not. Yeah, he's gonna have a steak dinner. No, um, yeah. he he's so he's going to San Diego next week. <laughs> Take a vacation. Once upon a time, Neil Blomkamp wanted to make a new Aliens movie. She and he wanted to ignore Alien Three and Alien Resurrection and all the AVPs and bring back Sigourney Weaver, bring back uh, Michael Bean as Hicks, and have an adult Newt. You know, he wanted to make a direct sequel to Aliens. Well, his plan right now is to make a direct sequel to the first RoboCop. And he he wants to, I mean... He would love to get Peter Weller back. From what it sounds like, Peter Weller's not going to do it. I mean, that he's I, I don't blame him. He's old. He hated that fucking suit. Um, I mean, they could CGI the suit on him these days like they did Iron Man, which Iron Man didn't look bad for the oh, most part. Yeah. No, CGI's gotten pretty good. Yeah. But you got to spend a lot of money you on it. You do. It's true. Um, plus, I mean, I was thinking about it. Like, I imagine practical technology these days practical effects technology they could make a more lightweight but still sturdy robocop suit especially if you put like the you know avengers level cgi budget on into a suit it's gonna look it's gonna be pretty badass yeah well and then they'd either have to de-age him or explain it in some weird way why a robot got older like they did with terminator yeah yeah i mean and it makes sense with terminator because it's living flesh over metal skeleton or skeleton i don't know however he said it living flesh over metal skeleton he didn't actually eat anything in the movies though did he who the terminator terminator yeah uh I know there no. was a scene where he was supposed to eat a candy bar with its wrapper and everything oh but really it got, but it got deleted oh geez thank glog um i imagine that would have been in terminator 3 when he's doing like talk to the hand yeah, well, no, supposed to, that, that scene was supposed to be in the first Terminator. Oh, shit. Yeah, like that was how he was, the, he was supposed to fuel himself using, you know, sugars. Oh, interesting. Or, like, or that's not, not fuel himself, but that's how he would, you know, maintain his biological parts. I guess that makes sense if you want to, if you want to try to get scientific about it. Yeah. Well, like, that was kind of the weird thing in RoboCop that I noticed too, though, is like they do the, the food, like the weird baby, you know, tastes like baby food. Uh-huh. That, thing that rudimentary paste. To um maintain his his biological part the only biological part of him is his face like they mentioned it's a full body prosthesis well i i i thought they said something about or maybe i just inferred that that they were talking about his brain functions like needing some sort of sustenance maybe i mean they mentioned that it was like his i think they said something about mind transferal so i don't know he's got memory and he's got a computer in him so I, i figured they just like downloaded his brain into it or something i don't know oh yeah no i mean i think he's actually got a brain encased in there um and if you watch robocop 2 that would lend credence to that theory 
So he needs to eat baby food to keep his brain alive. Yeah. Everyone, go see RoboCop if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, then tell your friend who hasn't seen it. And everyone get together, pop a, a bunch of popcorn, turn the lights out, and enjoy a really, truly great flick from, you know, from back in the day when things were original and things were were made with sweat and brawn and imagination and, I don't know, cameras. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need some rudimentary paste for my brain functions right now. Like I'm I spacing out. It's late on Friday night. I've had a long week. I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. It's going to be great. Well, thank you for your cooperation as we uh, shot our way through this topic this week. If you'd like to let us know how we did today, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can go join the Facebook page, Geeksploration the Podcast. We've got an Instagram. It is Geeksploration podcast, or we are on Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. Come and interact with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five squib review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, don't forget, we've got uh, swag for sale at shop.geeksploration.com. Our theme is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, kids, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs>